You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Alright guys, here we are. It is Toy Stream Live here with the Nerd Room. We've got myself, Tim, good friend Carlos, and our man from across the ocean. You've got Ian dropping in from a different time zone from Japan, and we're here to talk about toys, guys. We did a bit of an audible, an impromptu discussion in the background here, and we said, you know what? Because we missed our first toy stream a couple weeks ago, and we've had a lot of discussion online recently about toys, and we're excited to talk about toys. We decided, let's do it this week. Let's just go live stream. We'll drop the audio in the podcast feed later, but let's take advantage of this form, of this platform, and show off what we've been collecting, because guys, it's been a long time since we've talked about toys, talked about collecting, because it's been a weird couple of months for both myself, Carlos, Ian, everyone has been all over the place. A lot of upheaval in our lives. And I'm just coming off of COVID and the stomach flu. And now my kids got COVID. So what better way to celebrate being in semi-lockdown again than going back to the live streams? But gentlemen, how are you guys doing? Carlos, my man, how are you this evening? I'm good, man. I, I almost have to chuckle that our our plans and our uh, scheduled releases ended up having to get bumped because of COVID. It was just like, shoot, now I, now I know how Disney felt. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. We had to uh, shuffle the slate, if you will, around and around. And uh, what better way, though, if we're going to shuffle things around, we've got to do things a little different, is to have our good friend Ian back on the live stream, back into your ear holes. Ian, how's it going, brother? Good, man. Yeah, it's just uh, super happy to be back. I had the the case of the Rona as well, so you know I had a couple of two, maybe two rough, rough a little bit, can't even speak rough weeks. Um, but yeah, it's good to be back with you guys, man. Let's have a good chat, and no better way to do it than talk toys. So yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, and if anyone's been keeping pace over the last couple of months with collecting, it has been you, Ian. You've been dropping some awesome videos online here, and. You've been keeping pace, man, where I found I've completely dropped off the collecting spectrum at this point. I have had to rethink everything you can see behind me. I'm actually in my brand new nerd room right now, but it is a blank slate. It is clear. There's nothing up other than you can see the gates to Jurassic Park there just over to my right. That is the Lego set. But other than that, there's nothing up. And I'm trying to take a big step back and rethink how I want to collect. And that's what we're going to get to a little later on. We're going to talk about our pickups here in the last couple of weeks at the top, but we're also going to get to a little bit of discussion around is modern collecting too expensive? You know, we've had some great conversations online. That's what really inspired us to get to the mics and talk about this specifically was the idea that we continue to see these constant price hikes and myself being a diehard Black Series and Marvel Legend collector, I found myself priced out of that game entirely. And I want to open up the discussion with us here and with those that are online to, to just see how everyone else is feeling. Take the pulse of the collecting community, whether it is live here or later on in the comments, on how you're dealing with these perpetual price hikes and really where this all leads us down the road. 
I'm very, very curious from across the collecting spectrum to hear what people have to say about that. But before we get to any of that, we got to talk about some pickups. You know, this is a segment that we used to run inside of the podcast. It used to drop every single Thursday. We pulled back that a little bit and we decided to reformat it into this live stream show, Toy Stream Live, because we wanted to take a part or want to take advantage, I should say, of this visual medium because toys, it's all about the visuals on these things. You got to get your hands on it. You got to get a little dirty. You got to open things up. So I got to hear what's, what's been, Carlos, Carlos, talk to me a little bit about, <laughs> about that. Well, I'll, we'll save we'll save the uh, the anchor for the the end of this segment. And anybody out there in Hasbro, please don't think me a hypocrite when I go on to complain about what I'm paying for action figures uh, in light of that. But uh, honestly, man, the coolest little pickup thing for me wasn't something that was overly expensive at all. In fact, it was quite uh, quite cheap at uh, ten bucks a pop. But the superpowers line has started oh, nice. to hit. So uh, I grabbed my first couple of these in uh, California when we were down there, grabbed uh, Batman for myself. We only had limited space to bring things back. And I knew that galaxy's edge was going to be filling a suitcase and it absolutely did. But uh, yeah, just grabbed Batman for myself, Superman for my daughter and um, uh, John Stewart, green lantern for our man, Troy and man, these are freaking wonderful figures. Like they are like perfect price point. They're like 10 bucks us. So 12, 15 bucks Canadian, depending on where you buy them. Uh, they started to pop up here a little bit, but like the packaging just sends me back to childhood instantly. And um, like I gave Troy that figure and he's since fired up like a superpowers collection. Like he's gone full bore. He's been out there craving it up to try and, uh, get some of the uh, retro carded guys. So locked up Superman in that. And then uh, when we came back to Calgary, my man at EB games hooked us up with the supermobile. So Whoa. come on. This Dude, that looks like, bigger than a, that I remember. That's big. Oh, and it's funny. Cause like my daughter actually has like the original retro supermobile. And this one is way cooler. Cause number one, it looks accurate to what it looked like in the comics and the old Corgi car. And uh, yeah, it's cool. It's got like the little Superman symbol. You push that and the bubble opens. It's got the little thing at the bottom. So nice. Oh, man, the, I love it. The fist. I love it. And it's got uh, storage here for all the hand accessories that every single Superman figure freaking comes with. So yeah, <laughs> you know what? It, it was cool. And it was like, I don't know, like 30, 40 bucks for this sweet little ship. And I got the Batwing as well for myself. But uh yeah, it's just it's one of those lines where it's just kind of fun. It's cost effective and looks great in package or out of package. So I've done the figures in package, but Troy busted them out loose and they look wicked. Like he's mm -hmm. got a mix of the old figures and the new figures and they scale perfectly. So he went with the retro Batman and Robin with the new soups and Green Lantern. And yeah, it's a cool line. Like I, I like it. If you have nostalgia for superpowers, it's perfect. Well, it's kind of cool because it kind of goes back to the discussion we've had quite a few times, whether it's on the podcast or live stream about kind of going back to the nostalgia and back to the retro slash vintage, whatever you want to call it, and repackaging and leveraging that. But I think what's great about what McFarlane's doing is they've kind of taken that nice step and evolved a little bit and said, okay, we're going to give you the card back that draws your eye in, but we're going to also give you different designs. We're going to give you different figures that go with it. It's not kind of a like-for-like -like remake of what has been done in the past. This is kind of, like I said, taking another step 
in the in the direction of giving you something new, but also relying on on that old vintage look to draw the eye, draw people in, and the price point. You cannot go wrong with that price point. Yeah, man. And no, you said it perfectly. And it was it is kind of cool, like the way they did it. So like Superman comes on pretty much a replica of the original like 80s card with like the Jose Garcia Lopez artwork on it, the exact same as the original superpowers figure, but the Batman figure, they did the Jim Lee style Batman and Jim okay. Lee's art is on the cover. And then uh John Stewart, they actually did retro style art but he was never part of that original line so that's also something that's kind of cool that they've done so the art very much has that 80s aesthetic to it but um it's a figure they never did and a bit more well he was around back then but um the line missed him so yeah it's kind of a a neat little way that they've rolled it out yeah what a way what a line you know mcfarlane this will this will tie nicely into eventually the discussion we're gonna have a little later on about really how mcfarlane has deviated away from the norm given their business practices and just keeping it at a reasonable cost. You know, I know that there's a lot of discussion about why Hasbro is, is incurring such huge price hikes and all that and why McFarlane is able to avoid that for the time being. And it's just great to see this kind of constantly pushing the limits here of what they can do inside of those price points to make things like this accessible to really anyone, right? These are kids. These are adult collectors that are buying these things. And so it's cool to see. I, re I really do love all of that. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And hello to everybody in the chat, our friends from the house of nerd. Yes. And our up, brother, guys? Dave, thanks so much for showing up and yeah, have some fun chatting toys. Yeah. And such chatting toys, chatting <laughs> toys. Well, Ian, man, you, you've been chronicling a lot of what you've been doing on the YouTube yeah. channel right here in the nerd room. But but what else you've been picking up? You'll bring in and show off some of those pieces you've been picking up. I know that you've been doing a lot of hunting. You've been into the six inch scale. You just put up a, a great top 10 of the first half of 2022 YouTube video here up on the channel. So talk to me a bit about the six inch scale and, and what else you've been picking up recently. Yeah, I mean, that's what I've kind of been buying a lot recently. Um, I kind of had a point where I transitioned into the, the one six scale into the, the bigger hot toys um but the thing is like you know you put these things in in a cabinet and you, you hardly touch them and you can't really play with them and you know you pose them up but then they're they're so fragile that you have to put them back in these kind of museum poses um so yeah it was nice kind of going back into the the six inch stuff and it's you know it's something that i enjoy because i get to play around with them and i get to pose them and you know seeing people on twitter posting their pictures of their their uh six inch figures um you know me and troy have been having that kind of pose off where he's like balancing these figures on top of each other and it's like dude how is he doing this so i spent like hours the other day trying to get my silk just to balance on top of thanos and i had to just give up man it was like therapeutic and frustrating at the same time trying to get these figures to like stand up and balance the way he does it but it's also really fun i just like playing with these figures and it's just nice to have you know a wider variety of of um you know characters and, and displays so yeah it's been really fun um and yeah that that top 10 that was just mainly because like everything just came at the same time i had all these pre-orders and a lot of legends came and mafex figures and i never had a chance to open them just because i was working and then i went on a vacation then i was sick so i just didn't have time to open them um so yeah it was really fun just making that video just basically every single figure on that video i opened on that day like it was just so such a fun day it was like christmas just opening all these toys 
Um, so it's, yeah, it was really fun. It's such an experience though, isn't it? You know, when you get to a point where you're like, I got so many figures right now and you're looking at them, you're like, this is, this is a, a curse, but also a blessing because, yeah. you know, <laughs> I'm looking at the cost here, but then I'm also saying to myself, hell, I get to sit and open these. Like, I love building that up when you just don't have the time to do it, but then you yeah. make it down the road. And just like, like you said, it's almost therapeutic. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at the stack and I was thinking, oh, man, this is actually a bit of a chore, man. Like, I've paid a lot of money for these and, like, I'm going to have to open these and pose them up and find somewhere to put these boxes. And then, you know, as soon as you crack open that first box and you get that smell, it's like, boom, like, oh, man, happy days. <laughs> Close the door. Nobody contact me. I'm going to have fun opening these toys and playing around with them. Um, so yeah, so I opened a lot of stuff like back for that video. So I haven't had much recently. Um, two pickups that I got recently, I went to a toy store the other day to go shopping and on the video, you might've seen the, the Donatello that I put, and I put, this as my, my number yes. one from, from super seven, nice. um, just because it's such a nice looking figure and just, you know, the accessories that come and it does have that nostalgia hit, you know, you get the, the classic, um was it playmates the uh head sculpt and then you also get the you know the comic version so it's really cool to have that uh so the other day i went into shop and they just had the other three they knew i'd bought that donatello and the other three were sitting there on the shelf and they're so hard to get here so i had to buy all three of them <laughs> um, amazing which is is pretty insane just the cost that i have to pay for them so yeah i only cracked open uh, Mikey at the moment, but you know, just these figures are just absolutely fantastic. They're so beautifully made. The plastics are just so nice on them. Um, they're so poseable and just like the amount of accessories these figures come with is is just fantastic. The only thing is I do have to pay those import prices, which is pretty insane. Um, but yeah. now, you know, as we said, we'll talk about later, just comparing that to the price I'm paying for a Marvel legend, it's not far off. And, you know, it comes in this absolutely stunning, you know, it comes in this beautiful box that slides up and you've got this display with all these accessories. So many accessories in the Super and 7. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Comparing that to, to, you know, stuff that Hasbro's given us, it's a no-brainer. Like, you know, these other companies are, are giving us quality stuff for almost the same price. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got a convergence of price almost. <laughs> yeah, I gotta tell you, man, like those Super Seven figures, I've been so tempted with the freaking Lionel. Like that's that's the one that I would pull the trigger on, but I just know that you let in one Thundercat, you let them all in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, like if I lived over there, I would probably be broke. Like I'd be eating insane because <laughs> those Thundercats, I have been chasing them for so I can't get them here, right? I can get them maybe from. um like he's a big bad toy store, get them shipped over. But the amount of money I'm paying on shipping, like you know, I might as well just get like a big box of of stuff. Uh, so well, you, we to... need to get you a bin over here, and then you come over once or twice a year, and just with a couple empty suitcases, and just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it, right? And then head back. Why is this man coming with two empty suitcases, but leaving with a whole bunch of Ninja Turtles? Well, yeah, <laughs> well, Canada's a weird one because like there, your your country's like the most strict for shipping and international shipping so i tried to send troy like um a super nintendo game like a street fighter retro game and i took this little tiny box into a post office and they basically gave me a list of all the countries in the world and like canada just had like these x's next to it like we don't <laughs> accept airmail we don't accept this mail we don't accept this mail 
So they were like, you know, you can only send it by land and it's going to cost this amount of money and it's going to take like three months to get there. <laughs> by like, land. Like, What's, what are they taking up over? That doesn't make any land. sense. You live on an island. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll take it, take it back and then uh, maybe fly over one day and hand it to him. <laughs> yeah. oh, there you go. There you go. And, you know, just to, like like Carl said earlier, just a shout out here to a couple of people. Dave, you know, you got to get in there, man. You got to give it a big old whiff when you open these things up to get an appreciation for uh, for what's going on inside of that plastic. We got our boy Zeddy from Vigilante 1939. Zeddy. What's up, man? What's Zeddy, up? Man. You know, we've got House of Nerd out here saying uh, hi to his compatriot every Sunday there up on the up on YouTube talking comics. And we got some uh, cool stuff, some collabs coming up with them too down the road here in the not too distant future. So make sure to plug into them every single Sunday morning. But guys, you know, Carlos has got something big he wants to show off here. But before we get to that one, I've got a few things to show off here. So like I said, you know, I've been, I've been in a weird space the last couple of months. I've moved. I've been very sick over the last three weeks. My kids are all sick. And so it's been a bit chaotic. And I haven't had a, an opportunity to really settle down and figure out what this space is all about you know i've got some ideas and the thing though that has been consistent throughout about the last six months of upheaval in my life has been one logo and every time i see it every time my eye is drawn to it i've got to buy something and that logo my friends is of course the jurassic park (laughs) (laughs) i cannot resist this this is Probably, like, this is my Superman emblem. This is my spider. Like, every time I see this, I have the need to go and purchase something. As long as it's kind of, like, reasonable. I'm not buying, like, underwear and stuff like that. But I probably would. But if you remember, this this was all the way back in March. This is kind of when all the craziness in my life started. Went to the Calgary Expo, and I picked up these guys. These are the vintage cards. Ian and I have been talking about doing a bit of a card break at some point. We each have been picking up some of these vintage cards. You know, I never had these as a kid, but like I said, soon as I saw this logo, I was like, I need to have these. There you nice. go. That's the Batman ones too. Hey, so look we're going to do, we're going to do a little card break. Oh, look oh, that, there that, you go. that is, that is, yeah, right. That's the package. <laughs> I yeah. wanted the red package because I don't yeah. know. Like, I always used to get the red ones, but I ended up with the yellow ones. But yeah, yeah. man, you got it there. Yeah, the red was series two. Oh, is it series two? Yeah, that's oh, maybe though. I must have got the yellow yeah. ones then. Yeah, because yeah. I only had the series one, I think. Well, there it is. It's a vintage card. Like they're everywhere now, quite popular. But I've I've had this VHS for a while. I rebought this not too long ago. But the thing that I've been kind of really looking at more recently is I, I said to myself, all right. You know, Jurassic Park is my wheelhouse. This is one of the things I've decided that I'm going to go back and kind of collect a lot of things from that era. And the first thing, of course, everyone, everyone had this VHS. But I don't think everyone had these. I've never actually even owned one of these, but I do now. So this is a laser disc. Wow. <laughs> of Jurassic yeah. Park. I've never even seen a laser disc player in my whole life. These things are about the size of a record give or take and i think per movie there is about five of them and they come in like these big sleeves and they're like record shape no plan to ever play these but i said what is that is that that's a a reissue that's the original that's the originals this is from 93 or whenever it came out around 90 late 93 condition of that thing is insane yeah and so i bought this and i got it for like 10 bucks off a dude on uh on a Facebook marketplace or whatever. But then as I'm rummaging through and I'm talking to our boy Sonny about movies and about collecting movies and going back to that physical media. 
And, you know, he kind of sent me this link of, of all of the releases of, of Jurassic Park. And I said, that is one of my goals. I'm going to, I'm going to start at the, the VHS. I'm going to walk into the laser disc, but when you start at one, you got to get the other release too, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's so hilarious. The, How did you find two laser discs in the span of a few months? For $20 total. <laughs> and so this is a, uh, this was called a letterbox edition. So someone's going to have to let me know what the deal is with the difference here is, but I just wanted it because it looked different on the front, right? There's two laser discs uh, from my understanding that were released in North America. Uh, these being both of them. And I don't know. I just, I have like a continuous search for Jurassic park that goes on Facebook marketplace and Kijiji. And anytime something pops up, I get a notification and this one's in a little bit worse conditions somewhere along the seam there that I can probably fix up a little bit. But I thought it was just cool to have these. Like these are gonna just gonna go in the back of a detail for whatever behind a display, just to kind of frame out a collection a little bit. But I thought, you know, what cooler way to kind of accent some of the stuff that I have than having these like laser discs? Like I've never, like I said, never seen a laser disc player, never watched one. You know, I'm buying these people are like, eh, why are you buying? I just I love the logo, guys. Like I cannot resist. And like this is like to me iconic, like having yeah. something like this. Yeah. And so I I remember That's them it. like having amazing art inside. I had one buddy. No, it was A and B Sound, which was like this um, record store that was here that used to carry them. And I remember seeing those. So your letterbox one will be. So the original one was probably pan and scan, and like yeah. the four by three. And then the letterbox will be with the black bars, right, where you get the entire image. Oh yeah, the widescreen. Yes. Yeah. So that'll be what that is. But I I remember the Batman Returns one, and I was considering buying it because the interior art was so beautiful. Like it was just this cool kind of alternative version of their heads, but done horizontally instead of the vertical, like the movie poster, but it was actually different images of them. But uh, yeah, I was, I remember laser just being crazy expensive back in the day and I was a kid. So there's no, I don't remember laser discs ever coming out in the UK. I, I mean, they yeah. must've existed, but I, I just don't even remember seeing, I have no idea what a laser display looks like. It, like. It's probably similar to a record player, I would assume, based on the size here. I'm just looking at so this this there's this uh, insert inside of the Jurassic Park one. So when it came out, you're talking about prices. When it came out, and this Jurassic Park one came out the original, it was seventy five dollars in 1993. Yeah, I believe out. it. And the letterboxed was forty five, and then you got some various other ones like Jaws and Schindler's List and all that that are in around fifty forty fifty dollars. So it's like, it's 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 kind of like a really kind of cool throwback and there, there's such a small window of time right it'd be like going back and collecting like hd dvds over blu-rays right like there's like this window of time that they existed and yeah. and then they got kind of pinched out pretty quick because like Is that the you know, vhs are still coming real. yeah like vhs is like when they're coming out like i only remember the transition from vhs straight to um straight DVD, to dvd right, right? DVD, yeah. Blu-ray, like this is like the, this is my, one of my old ones, right? So this is kind of like one of the first times they, they released both of these together. And, and, um, so I've gone back and kind of started collecting all that. And this is like my original Lost World as well with the, uh, Hello, there you go. The so it's kind of, kind of a weird sub collection that I've, uh, that I've started here is collecting all the, the various VHSs and laser discs and all this. And man, what a, uh, what a way, what a way to collect things. And, you know, Dave's talking here about he's got his dad's friend was a major laser just nerd. Like it's, it's such a, like a weird niche thing, right? Like I don't remember records as a kid, but my parents had all kinds of records. Right. And then I remember the cassette, but I don't remember the eight track. 
And so it's kind of this like lost little piece that I'm happy to have in the collection. That's cool, man. That's we, we, you're going to have to get on that hunt for the Betamax and the uh, HD DVD versions of those uh, movies. Yeah, I said I was going to do all the way up until like this version of the release when the they first this is the first Blu-ray release. And so yeah. I said, like, I'm going to go from VHS all the way to the first Blu-ray. And then anything after that, I'm going to ignore like all the like the Blu-ray re-releases and the steelbooks and all that. I just want to go up until like basically the sets that I have. And so I've got a few more to get. Like I've got like the Jurassic Park 3 DVD and I got to get the, the VHS and Bug and Sunny to grab that for me. So like I said, weird sub collection, but it's what's been kind of holding my interest the last little bit. And uh, I've had a little fun kind of running around rummaging through different bins and trying to find these uh, these movies I'll never play. But they're, they're like I said, they're going to be the accent pieces to my 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 growing JP collection, because that's where I've decided one of the things I've decided that that's, that's where it's going to be at. But it's uh, crazy but just Carver, seeing that, that well, stuff. It's like these are these are all things that I remember my mom just sticking in a box and like handing over to the charity shop. And it's like, yeah. Here we are, like chasing them now. We're like trying to get them back. Yeah. It's, well, it's, yeah. it's funny you say that. When we were clearing out my parents' house, I had literally put the massive box of VHSs into like the, the the disposal bin, and I just took a picture and I was like, "Let me know what you guys want, and I'll pull them out." But we just got to keep this train moving, kind of thing, right? So Sunny took like three quarters of it, and then some lady came to go come pick up a table, and she was rooting through and pulling. VHS is there, so who knows? If you want uh, the original Star Wars trilogy one, um, Sonny has it at his house. You can leg wrestle him for it. Probably has my <laughs> has my name written on it, but uh, it's is what it I, is. It's such a like the VHS has become quite a, quite a popular collector's piece um, in North America recently. You know, I've watched a lot of people going back, and now people are going after like sealed ones or there's specific ones. There's a back to the future one that was sold that was owned by the actor that played Biff Tannen and, and like they're going for quite a bit of money. But what I love them for is, and I've said this many, many times, it's like the, the kind of a nice little piece to put in the background in amongst your figures, right? Because you go to any single Facebook marketplace, VHS post, Every single one, I guarantee you, this is in it. Oh, yeah. Like, everybody owned this VHS. Like, peak VHS was Jurassic Park, 1993. And I remember, like, you talked about the, the letterbox, right? Like, when the bars, because that was, like, one of the first movies to come out with that, like, for home release. And I thought it, like, they kept on split screen. For some reason, my child brain, I thought it was, like, split in the middle. And I was like, what? This is going to be terrible. <laughs> I didn't understand what it meant or what it was. I just thought I was losing screen. <laughs> but all right let, let's let's talk about we got we got a few more things we got another uh another reveal here carlos i'm gonna pull this up are you are you ready for this yeah so a little while ago i posted on twitter that the dhl guy showed up at my house and my daughter's texting me and she's like yeah daddy you got this package that's come and the delivery guy can't get it onto the stairs and i was like <laughs> Oh my gosh. Cause what like, I can't even imagine what that is. What is this, that? Yeah, this was cooking for a while. Um, I was going back and forth over a few pieces and I think like I actually pulled the trigger like pre pandemic or maybe 2020 and, um, sold some stuff to finance it and, uh, nursed it along. But yeah, you can pull up that first box picture there. Um, I was able to grab the prime one, Jason Fabok 
Batman statue based on his cover of Detective Comics a thousand. So to give you an idea as to how big these boxes are, so these are actually the interior boxes. It actually had external boxes with like styrofoam and stuff that were a bit bigger. But so I put the comic book on top of the, the so the second box is just the base. Wow. And that's like that that's the comic book <laughs> the to size give you. Of this thing. And then like there's the McFarlane. McFar it comes figure. in two boxes. Yep. That's so the smaller <laughs> box is just the base, and the bigger box was the bulk of the figure. Um, but uh, yeah, like if you look at the top there, the McFarlane figure is just sitting up there by Faybox. Wow, so, that's insane. Yeah. yeah. If you jump Jeez. to the next one there, Timbo, um, that's just the back of the box, some cool artwork, and uh yeah, man. So I went back and forth, kind of consulted my man, Troy. There was a few prime one pieces that I was looking at. And this was the one we settled on, like as is well-documented three jokers is one of my favorite things ever. And like my man, Sergio can attest, like Jason Fabok, I think is my favorite modern day Batman artist. Like it's him and Jim Lee shoulder to shoulder, but he's just got a bit more of a unique take on bats that just sings to me a little more it's like plays with all those pieces of that prototypical house style batman but he incorporates a bit of the affleck costume incorporates a bit of the keaton costume and it's like just this all-time wicked batman so if you want to jump her one more buddy um there she is in all her glory so the one that i bought came with like a bust and it came with four different heads that you could stick on them there. So that's kind of the, thing. yeah. So that's just kind of the, the default look for them with the head pointing down the yellow oval on them. You can jump ahead, man. And then that's the alter one of the alternate looks. So you can have a head that looks a bit to the left with the mouth open. You can put a rebirth style symbol on there, which is kind of cool. That's wow. wicked. So you can swap out that symbol on the chest. Yeah, so it's like this big, powerful magnet on the front of this thing. So oh, cool. Those yeah. prime ones as well, like that. I mean, those things are beautiful. Like I've, I went to like a an exhibition for like some prime prime one um, statues, and like every single one of them just like blew my mind. And just like had a little thing just pop on and like click in. It's just so well made. Um, yeah, they're really incredible. Cool. And and like yeah, it it wasn't a light touch, but at the same time, like. I really felt like I got my money's worth out of this guy, like shockingly. And hmm. like, it's almost a good thing that the boxes are so immense because a guy can't own too many of them. Cause <laughs> I, I've already uh, conned my mom into letting me store the boxes in her basement. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you keep all your statue boxes? Like, is that something that like for like a future where, you move or reno or something like that. Do you have like for everything in your basement? Do you have like boxes that they would go in? Yeah, I got like 99% of them. And so wow. I've built like a drop in my um, garage. So <laughs> most of the boxes go just up top in the roof line of my garage. And then, but it's like, these ones are so huge. I have no idea where I would. There's no way of flat packing them, right? Cause you cut all that, the, the styrofoam inside or like all that that stuff that holds it all together so yeah you can't do anything with that yeah Man, exactly that, that's like that's how hold on so that that's like almost half the size of a detolf or even bigger is that, is that on right? something 
Nope. Is it on the ground? Oh, it, yeah, it's sitting on a, it's sitting on like just a little, like one of the lack tables or whatever it is. Still, yeah, still, okay. that's so it's still, it's about, a, it's about a foot and a bit up, but it's going like that's a top shelf on a detolf, right? Because you can see the top of the detolf. So you're like, let's yeah. say two thirds of a detolf, but that's only up to Batman's head. Like that cape looks like it goes quite a bit higher, eh? Yeah, it's like, so the, it's a third scale piece and it's probably like, three knocking on four feet kind of thing like it's it's not it's <laughs> so, like my six-year-old daughter it's like <laughs> yeah man like it, it it's bigger than your youngest kim for sure it yeah. probably it probably weighs more what would it what would this thing weigh oh i think like uh, 40 yeah. pounds it's 53 i think 53 <laughs> like when i put this thing together and like lugging the boxes around so i unpacked it in the garage or the out, outer boxes and my wife helped me out and she helped me bring them into the house. And then I just let them sit in the basement for like a day or two until I had time. So my version came with like a mini bus that you could display the alternate one alternate portrait and the alternate symbol. That's cool. Yeah. So that's, that's like my favorite head for him with the five o'clock shadow. And he's a bit of Brown guy, Batman, which obviously I have a soft spot for. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and I just let him sit down here for for an evening, and then like Saturday night, I started putting this guy together, and I was exhausted by the time it was done. And I'm like a decently fit guy, but I was gassed, and like my core hurt from just like holding the pieces and just engaging the core to like. You're so tense, probably carrying it around too. You're like, don't drop it, don't drop it, don't drop it, don't drop it, <laughs> like. Man, yeah, insane. You can't, you can't let your father-in-law in there to, face to help you. I, if she came home and she saw that box, just in the, those two boxes in the living room, it's just basically that's that's a Tokyo room, like a whole room <laughs> takes is that one statue. But yeah, yeah, dude, those boxes were insane. Like I, my daughter, like said, yeah, you had to put them in the garage. I was like, oh, whatever. Like maybe it was just awkward. And then it's like, oh no, I got to park on the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't pull the I feel sorry for the delivery place. guy having to like carry those things up your steps <laughs> just trying to get to your house. Oh, oh yeah, he wouldn't even do it. He's just like, yeah, they're too big and too heavy. I can't I'm not bringing them I up just here, left so. it on the drive. No, no. Uh, she opened up the garage and he put them in the oh, garage. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. What a piece, man. What like what a centerpiece to a collection too, right? And you know, it, it's it's crazy to think that like seeing this and knowing your collection and knowing your space that this is like to, to show like in my mind at least how how immense this is. Like that is a centerpiece in your space, which is it's not easy to take your eyes away from what's going on, but like. Like, and I have a good feeling I know exactly where that's perched too. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he's there for now. I think like with the, with the forthcoming revamp down here, like he might get elevated a bit, but at the same time, like he's just so big and so mm -hmm. heavy, like I might be limited what I could do with it, but uh, yeah. And, and to be honest, like he might cap it out as my, my last Batman statue having collected them since like the nineties type of thing, just because I don't man. know. Yeah, like it's honestly, and just kind of surfing YouTube a little bit and looking at some of the big statue collectors out there and whatnot. Like the the buzz is is that it's like the ultimate Batman statue, like mm -hmm. the kind of collection defining piece. And I was like, well, you know what? I I 
kind of agree. Like it's just this perfect Batman, and I, it might I be because statues though. Just that fact that you can customize them. It's it just. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I moved on to the the one six scale stuff, but as I said, like I keep them half the time in these kind of museum poses. And the great thing with those statues is they look beautiful, but you know, they're all posed up in these nice poses. Now the fact that you can customize them and you can change heads and pieces on them, it just makes me wonder, you know, whether I should get into the statue game and move away from some of these, you know, hot toys, which I mean, the longevity of these things aren't that great, to be honest, you know, you see them, you know the the fabrics changing color, and you see the materials creasing, becoming damaged. The great thing with those statues is, you know, they they look great forever. Like they're they're so well made and robust that you know you don't have to ever worry about them. So yeah, it makes me wonder if they they're better suited to my kind of collecting. Yeah, well, and I'm kind of like money shot guy. Once I get something in a money shot pose, and I leave it right, so the articulation piece isn't. A huge factor for me but yeah it, it's true like the head that i have on him now like i love that head but it's just turned in the direction that complements my room the best and where i sit when i'm down here so i can kind of see it the best but um once i get him up a bit i probably have the looking down head or like the one peering off to the right kind of thing so yeah, when I when I get a chance, maybe I'll do a bit of a review. It seems to have some heat around this release and showcase it a bit closer. It's just, just beautiful. And, you know, Ian, you brought up an interesting point as we kind of segue to talking about modern collecting, right? And, you know, statues, you know, the essence of a statue is that it's a single pose, but they've moved beyond that, right? They've moved beyond and evolved to a point where you can customize these things a little bit. And I'm not going to ask how much that thing it was, but I could I have a good idea in my head. It's about six Black Series figures, I would say. Give or take. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But... <laughs> no, but, but it's, it's an interesting concept that, that you bring up, Ian, as, as we move over to talking about, you know, the expense of modern collecting. And it was something that kind of really took me aback the other day. And that's what really, like I said, inspired this, us going to the stream today, was I threw up a post or someone tossed something to me and it was like, Look how much this 2.5 pack it was Mando, Ahsoka, and Grogu from season two of the of the Mandalorian. And it was about a hundred dollars Canadian, give or take. And I thought to myself, like, that is absurd. And that just like lunacy is kind of the the stamp I put on top of that. And myself being a a longtime Black Series and a longtime Marvel Legends collector, I found myself at a point where I'm ready to make big decisions on my collection based off of those price hikes because I just feel it is not only unattainable to a degree, but I find a lot of the funds been sucked out of things because you look at it and you're not looking at the figure anymore. You're looking at the price tag underneath it. Like that's where my eye goes to. It doesn't go to the box art, it doesn't go to the figure, it doesn't go to the sculpt. It goes to the $39, $49, $59 price tag that sits underneath it. And I immediately find myself deflated where I'm supposed to be in the aisles, kind of rummaging through, getting that high of finding these figures. And I got to the point where I'm like, I it's just not for me anymore. And I'm I'm kind of disappointed in that fact. And it, it is a bit hurtful, but is modern collecting too expensive, Ian? 
like you're, you're still in the six inch game and we see variability of price between the state. Like the guys that live just to the South of us, they're playing in the order of 10, 20, $30 less per figure in some instances than us. Um, but is the game getting too expensive? Like, do you find yourself now looking and saying, I don't need that figure where before you'd be like, hey, sure, let's, let's get another Donnie. Let's get another Spider-Man. Is it getting to the point where you're going to have to make some hard decisions and go with an all Mafex collection? Or are you mm. going to kind of continue to, to ride out the six and see what happens to these lines down the road? Yeah, it's a tricky one for me because I think f- from my perspective, it's a little different. You know, I, I live in Japan and the fact that, you know, I've been paying these prices for quite a while. For me, it's it's kind of funny to see, you know, a lot of people complain about these prices because it's like, you know, you guys are now in the same boat that, that I'm in. Mm-hmm. I, I've been in for quite some time. Um, and it's actually strange to actually see that you guys over there in, in Canada pay more than I am you know uh, I think it was you know some people were commenting on this one on, on Twitter and like you know I picked this guy up for you know Canadian 45 um, you know Canadian 45 dollars whereas you know people are posting pictures of that thing for like 85 um, on on Twitter and it's 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 kind of crazy just to see those differences in price and yeah for me like now that these especially these these Marvel Legends uh, their prices are increasing. It's hard for me to justify those prices when, you know, there are brands like Medicom with the Mafex, which are making much higher quality figures, and the the price difference isn't that much different, mm-hmm. you know. So it's hard for me to to justify it. And the thing is, like with the Marvel Legends as well, like they're making lots of changes with the windowless boxes, those kind of cardboard yeah. boxes. Um. I can't even trust th- these guys at Hasbro to give me a figure which is actually in a decent condition. Like their their QC issues are, are driving me crazy. And you know, like I got this was it this stealth um, Spidey, Spidey, and like one of the legs isn't even painted in in, in the <laughs> really? black. And I've taken these figures back. There's only a couple of stores that actually stuck them here. There's like a Toys R Us and there's the Hot Toys store. And Hutter Store, I think they hate me now. The amount of times I've taken these figures back and saying, like, look at this figue. It's got, like, the paint <laughs> issues this guy again. on my head. Recently, they had, like, the Star Wars this Star Wars event. And they used to invite me. They used to give me an invite. They don't invite me anymore. It's, cause, it's probably because I, I take so many figures back to the store. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I enjoy the, the small-scale collecting. But it is it is a tough one. I don't really understand what Hasbro are doing with a lot of stuff. Like, you know, they, they price, for example, this guy and this guy at the same price here. Like, they, I don't know over there if they're the same price. But the quality on this this um, Japanese Spider-Man is insane. Like, I didn't know what was going on. When I opened this box, I'm like, is this, is this right? Like, this is so good. The joints are so much better. The paint application is great. There's, like, sculpted, sculpted webs on certain parts. And then, you know, you get something like this, which is just like this repaint. It's just bendy and it's soft plastic. And it just makes me wonder, like, what they're they're thinking when they're charging the same prices for these. They put some of them in a box and they call it a deluxe release. And it's no different than any of the other figures that you get. So I feel like they're cheating the customers a little bit in some way. And, and then, you know, bringing those prices up, 
85 like Canadian, what's I don't know what that is in American, but that's ridiculous just for you know a six inch piece of plastic which is mass produced. Um, you know, a lot of them they just you know it's just printed paintwork on them, so it makes me think, should I kind of move back away from that six inch game and and go back into the you know the higher more luxury style figures like the Mafex or the figure arts and just buy smaller quantities of them well it's it's such a hard debate too because like you know i always like to play devil's advocate in some of these situations when it comes to you know studios make decisions and people up in arms about it and i try to step back and say you know what what is the business reason like why are they doing this right and ultimately these companies want to be profitable in some degree and I don't know the the nuance or the ins and outs of it, but I'm assuming this is related to supply chain issues and the cost of production, all this stuff. But, you know, for someone like you, Carlos, it's got a foot in kind of both worlds, right? Where you're existing inside of the McFarland space and have had a quite a good run. And much to this may of Mrs. Goddamn Batman, you, you've actually really over the last couple of years, you've pivoted pretty hard into the six inch collecting. But at the same time, maybe not the same pace, your eldest is in a serious way into the Black series and your youngest has got some Marvel Legends love in there. And so you find yourself seeing both sides of the coin. So you probably have one of the more unique perspectives out there in the fact that you're a collector of one and you're financing another. <laughs> and so you kind of you kind of got a spin. And so I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on, on the idea of you know, the difference here and also potential, like, where do these lines go? If like, is there a ceiling to these price increases? Yeah. Like some of it, I, I almost wonder, like I've heard some weird things about how Toys R Us's ownership and distribution and how the distribution and ownership sell product to their retail wing being Toys R Us. And that's why their pricing is kind of inflated, but it's all, internal machinations kind of thing but like man I, I posted in our thing there like my oldest daughter adores star wars and when you release a three pack with her three all-time favorite star wars characters in the mandalorian ahsoka and grogu and i kind of just i i didn't say anything i just threw the link at her and i'll usually get like the oh yes please or I'll pay half or whatever. And she sends me a picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi and it just says, we cannot afford. It's like a <laughs> clip from <laughs> Revenge of the Sith or whatever that she cut short. And I think I love uh, about that is, is, is you say that after showing us a prime one four foot Batman statue. <laughs> I know. Like, like I, I, I said, that's why, that's why you can't afford it. That's <laughs> looking, you're looking at statue like that. We can't, we can't, afford we're, it. we're eating noodles <laughs> for the rest of the week. <laughs> Yeah, no, I said uh, I'm going to come off a little hypocritical on the back half yeah. of this show, but uh, <laughs> it is what it is. There, there was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears that went into being able to bring him home, but uh, and not all of them were the DHL drivers. But uh, yeah, like it, it's crazy. And if you look at that set in particular that kind of got this discourse started, the Mandalorian is a straight-up repack. There's mm -hmm. no repainted elements. I think Ahsoka is as well, except she comes with her cloak. Yeah, the cloak. Yeah. And Grogu just has a head swap, which is tiny, but yet it's like this full cost 
uh, set or premium cost set. And yeah, that's like tough to swallow. And then, but for me, the real heartbreaker was that Spider-Man Noir that Ian just showed us a minute ago. Like my daughter, my youngest daughter, like adores Spider-Man and Spider-Verse is her jam. And she's been chasing Spider-Man Noir since they did the, um, well, there you go. It's like a repack of Ray's cloak, no less, according to our boy Dave. And if anybody's going to know, it's that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, e even worse, right? But yeah, that Spider Man Noir, like, she was so excited for it. And we knew it was exclusive and we'd have to chase. And then for Kyle to find it on the shelf, and it's $85 for a single six inch figure that comes with essentially a repacked accessory because that Spider Ham figure came with the Spider Gwen. Just the hands are in a different position. Like, how do you justify that? But you, I, I don't. I don't know. Like, it's it's confusing for me because like we have Toys R Us here. You know, I know Toys R Us closed in a lot of places, um, and I don't know if it's based on the ownership. But it's so weird the fact that Toys R Us here. You know, go back a couple of years, they only get a certain selection of Marvel Legends. It's quite hard for me to get a lot of the stuff. Mm -hmm. But you know, when they drop stuff, it's kind of dropping around the the forty Canadian um you know price range i don't know why you guys are getting it for having to pay like double the price when it's usually me who's paying those those crazy prices so, so yeah so well i might as well it's our stream and i don't owe toys r us anything um in fact they might owe me but <laughs> <laughs> the way it was explained to me by a retailer is that so toys r us's are all like the international franchises are all owned separately. So Toys R Us Canada is its own thing. Toys R Us Japan is its own thing. Toys R Us United States is the one that went bankrupt and that's why they're not down there right more. So then um, with that, Toys R Us Canada, my understanding is that the owners of Toys R Us Canada are also the exclusive distributor for Hasbro. So okay. what he does or they do is they distribute to their own company being Toys R Us. So Hasbro sells the Star Wars figures in particular, which is why they're a bit more than the Marvel Legends figures, despite them technically supposing to be the same price. He, as the distributor, sells it to Toys R Us, his own retailer at retail price. So he doesn't sell them to Toys R Us wholesale. So the mm -hmm. sells them to Toys R Us at retail price, so therefore Toys R Us has to mark their figures up from there. So it that's that's why the price is out of whack at Toys R Us, which is fine because then you can go other places, right? Like you can buy like my kid almost exclusively buys her black series from GameStop, Walmart. Um, is actually pretty decent for finding Marvel Legends, but then there's ones like that Spider-Man Noir, I can only get it from Toys R Us Canada because they got the exclusive from Hasbro. Mm -hmm. really well. But I'm I'm not paying $85. And the price kind of works out because if you paid 40 Canadian, that means that he sold it to his to Toys R Us at 40 Canadian. And the markup being double is 85, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's and it, it's weird. I'm just gonna pull up the Toys R Us website here, so just so that all those that here is talking about this stuff online and on Twitter don't think that we're making up crazy stuff here. And like the the, the kind of the curious thing is like you look at the variability in price in some of these, right? Like 
on average, they're about $45. You go up to the deluxe packs, they're $56. You know, it's some of these Rogue One ones or these older ones are being knocked down to 30. Like 30 is a deep discount, 25 on some of these, right? But this is for, you know, the repack of all time in in Jyn Erso, right? Like this figure was a peg warmer when it first came out and then it was re-released. And so... Like you see in stuff that is all over the place in here, you know, $50 for this Boba Fett throne room, right? Like these are being pegged off as, as deluxe and it, and it becomes a tough pill to swallow $50 for one figure. And, you know, as much as I hate complaining about that stuff, when I look back at things, I can say, I look at myself and I say for $50, I can wait out on Facebook marketplace or Kijiji or something and buy retro toys that really is what's making me happy right now right mm-hmm. like the the other thing i struggle with and this is kind of like the catch 22 of it all right is is that i there's so much of it coming out too you can't be a completist in this price environment and so you have to pick your lane you have to pick a mando lane you have to pick a mcu lane or something to that effect spider-man or something right you can't you can't do it all. Like I used to buy almost all of the Marvel legends and all of the black series, like every single wave I was buying. And, you know, once that creeps up to $300 every two months, like that, that starts to really weigh heavy on the yeah. wallet. Right. Especially when you got a family or you've got, you know, other bills to pay. You, you don't want to go see a movie. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's so hard. It's so tough. And like, it's like the question I really put out there is what happens to the black series like what happens to this like it, let's let's look at inflation let's look at everything that's happening these prices are not going down and yeah, so like, what, what happens like to answer dave's question like yeah as far as like the currency exchanges and like what canadians take home and stuff like that like it does actually work out to kind of the same like tim's counterpart in the states doing the same job will after exchange be making the same dollar amount and that's typically what we find with our prices on things like if i buy a mcfarland figure off a u.s site it's 19.99 or if i walk into gamestop here it's like 24.99 so it's like it ends up being a wash right six one way half a dozen the other but Mm -hmm. the things with how toys Us and other places are starting to price these figures yeah it is starting to squeeze you out and like you look at like they bought record for 10 bucks. I paid almost 50 for him when he came wow. out at GameStop, right? Like that's mm-hmm. a, that's a heavy hit for, yeah, he's a bigger figure and he's cool, but like how many times can you do that? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, like what Tim was saying, like, you know, picking, picking your lane, maybe, I mean, that's maybe partly the way that the the companies are possibly looking and they might be looking at you know some of these other international companies like looking at like mafix talking about mafix you know i i might rave on about those figures but man they're they're expensive figures you know mm-hmm. you're talking you know create like quite you're talking like the, the cheapest ones are you know 80 90 canadian um and that's in japan you know that's that's coming from the place where they're being produced now the quality of the figures are much better but they're still only you know six six inch plastic figures and the idea is you don't really have to buy all of them you know i don't know anyone who's a, a mafix completist you kind of pick your lane you go with the comic ones or you go with the mm-hmm. spider-man or you go with the batman figures and they might kind of be be kind of taking that route 
And even with the Hasbro stuff, like just the quality of the different figures, like to be fair, like to not, of course, be on their side, but with some of the Hasbro stuff, like just talking about the, the Noir, the quality of this figure is exceptional in comparison to a lot of the Marvel Legends. Just just like the textures on the plastic are different in different places, the detailing, you know, the paintwork, just the all the little extras that they add to that figure. So, you know, if I'm for me, if I'm paying half price maybe for this compared to maybe this, for me, it isn't so bad because, you know, the the difference isn't huge. And yeah. you know, the, the plastics are probably better on this Mafex. You do get this the material, um, the paint application, you know, it's it's done by hand, so you do get a, a slightly better figure, but you know, part of me thinks that there are some Marvel Legends that maybe are worth the price in comparison to the rest of the market. You know, there are mm -hmm. figures that people are paying kind of crazy money for. I bought like a Halo Master Chief the other day, six inch, and I paid 150 for that thing from Shoot. and you know, that's from um, you know, like a, a third party company. It's a smaller company, Thousand Toys, and they're kind of a up and coming company. But that thing's super light. The plastic on that thing isn't so robust and the detailing is really nice on it but you know it's really hard to get so you have to pay that extra money so i don't know mm -hmm. if some of these other companies are looking and thinking you know if we're increasing the quality on some of these figures and you know we're giving the customers that consumers some of the characters that they're asking for maybe it's time for us to start being a bit well, more competitive and increasing prices and i think that's that's where it goes there's, there's a couple questions i actually want to get to in the in the chat here my our, our boy ron dole jumped in here and there's one actually i want to bring up from our good buddy Emmett. um and like this is this comes to the devil's advocate discussion about all this right and you know his question reads the price jump understandable um given that everything that we're buying right now costs more like freaking apples or whatever like food 10 15 percent more than we were paying before and you know is is toys any different or is it just for us as collectors it's become so apparent because it's happened so fast it seems um you know and i'm also not making 10 to 15 percent more on my paycheck you know what yeah. I mean? at the same time that's so we've gone from a price where you know not a few years ago these were i was complaining that they're 27 dollars a figure mm -hmm. and $25. And, you know, I think when we, when I first started buying black series is when target was still a thing in Canada and I was paying, I think 1999 for these, maybe 2199 for these. And so in 10 years, we've seen these black series double. And in most cases, in some cases, triple when you get to the exclusives and some of the deluxe, I can tell you right now, my paycheck is not doubled or tripled. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like to kind of take it on the other end of the spectrum, though, it's like, so Ian showed like the Nightfall Batman, it was like 125 bucks or something like that, 100 bucks. Oh, no, it's maybe less than that. Like, yeah, it's like, I think they go for about 90, 90, 90 bucks, I guess, Canadian, which is about, I don't know, about, I don't know, what's that, 70, 60, 70 American. Yeah, so like this guy, Nightfall Batman as well, is... $20 from yeah. McFarland. And he's like a bigger, beefier figure. He's got like the textured plastics and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, yeah, I get the inflation and even some of his stuff has increased, but at the same time, um, why is Hasbro's price like significantly higher for smaller figures than what their competition is putting out? Right. And then if yeah. you, if you look, they have the more coveted licenses, 
but yet he's outselling them at the pegs type of thing, right? So, well, and this would be interesting to eventually talk to someone that like, cause like the economics of toys and like a lot of it, I think comes down to what you're talking about, Carlos, about the light, like how much does Hasbro pay to have the Marvel mm-hmm. and Star Wars license and the Star Wars license in particular at this scale, right? They've locked up the three point, the three and three quarter inch, the six inch. They are probably paying an absolute fortune. And then as the Marvel brand grows and has over the last 10, 15 years with the MCU's rise, that brand is probably exponentially more expensive than it was before. And then you're starting to get characters like this Marvel becoming very popular. She-Hulk and all these, like it, it, everything is kind of at the same time as we're getting this massive inflation is everything is kind of, is really ramping up here. And they were, I mean, like one example that they must have to pay a lot of money for the license is like looking at the Bandai, the Japanese company's figure arts, like, you know, they released their Dragon Ball figures for like 30 dollars and they're great looking figures like super cheap mm-hmm. and then you talk about the star wars ones and you're talking three four times the price mm-hmm. just for like you know they they dropped star wars ones they dropped the disney ones and you know you're talking three yeah three four times the price than than their own um you know the 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 licensing that they have with these anime figures so yeah. i think that could be a big a big aspect a big part of it i guess yeah, and Ryan Dole's just pointing out here, then we've talked about this before on the podcast about how McFarlane, you know, and he, he's very open about this, right? Uh, Uncle Todd there about, you know, how, how his companies run and how they they monitor margins and what they're doing as far as production and all that too. So very different company than Hasbro. Hasbro is an, an enormous company. And, mm-hmm. and you know, there, there are costs to some of this stuff. And so it's, in, and I want to come back to another question that Ryan Dole, another comment that he, he pops into the thing here about, and this is something that, you know, wheeling it back to Black Series, you know, we talked about the expense of it and, you know, the six inch scale. And one of the questions I had is like, does the Black Series die in the peg eventually? And then they go back to the three and a three quarter, you know, they are doing the three, three quarter, the vintage collection, which is getting quite expensive in itself. But the one thing that I'm personally missing is that legacy low poa really dense line you know that we got for the force awakens that we got for the last jedi and rogue one i collected all those figures they're like between nine and 12 bucks up here and i bought a lot of them in like a buck or two or whatever the dollar stores for like five bucks uh when mm-hmm. they went on deep discount and so this idea of black series this scale being so expensive when Kind of like Ryan's pointing out here, the legacy scale is that three and three quarter inch for for Star Wars and for collectors. You know, is is this collector focus line of modern collecting? Is that a problem? Like, is because this really didn't become a thing at least for Star Wars and and you know Marvel Legends have done it for quite some time, but it really didn't ramp back up until 2014, um, where this collector scale became a massive focus for these companies too. So. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the the three and three quarters stuff, it, it's expensive enough that it's hard to justify for me. But like, I can see if that's what you've always collected. And if you have mm. a robust collection in that scale, like it's sweet. And they do a really good job of the cards and whatnot. And I've been very impressed with the detail that they're able to cram onto some of those small figures. But uh, yeah, I, I think that that is where it'll go, where they're going to price all those antecillary groups buying these figures. So your casual collectors, your people that would buy them for their kids and mm-hmm. whatnot, and you'll just collapse star Wars down. And even just 
look at the shelves now. Like it's a shadow of what it's been years gone by, despite yeah. having popular things like the Mandalorian on TV and um, it's collapsed down to be in something that, you know, just collectors seem to so- soak up. So yeah, like our boy, Dave would probably be the best guy to answer that. Like, are you going to keep just going with vintage collection or like, what's your preference if you were only to have one line? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I guess, guess like it also something to on your lane. What you're going to do with the figures, though, I guess. Like, I mean, the, the three, three quarter, they look great on their cards, but they're not the kind of, I don't know, they're not the figures I really take out of the packets. Like, when I get those smaller figures, whereas, you know, with this, the, the larger the sta- scale goes, the more kind of displayable they are mm-hmm. outside of the boxes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't know, like, I don't know if, if in other areas of the world or the markets, they are more successful. Like, the legend stuff here sells, it sells like, instantly it's gone like you know you go to toys r us here like i can't get anything if you don't get it on drop day like toys r us now do pre-orders on everything like with mafix because everybody goes crazy for these figures and i go into toys r us and everything's gone the only thing i can find are eternals figures like they're everywhere everything else (laughs) everything else is gone and you know people like the moon knight moon knight dropped it didn't even touch the shop floor it pops up on like resale websites you know on these websites and people are paying you know three four times the price of retail to get hold of these figures so there mm-hmm. are people that are still paying a lot of these prices yeah and you know even if they do go down and they get into kind of the, the bins and they got clearance that's probably the price that you would have paid back in the day for them so i don't know if from a business perspective they're still making more money from this this approach to to you know increasing the prices and cutting costs on stuff like packaging and stuff yeah yeah it's it, you know th- this is like it's it's interesting you, you kind of bring up this concept of and we've been kind of leading into this idea of, of picking your lane and there's a couple of nice comments in here about um from Javi here about the legacy scale kind of waning and leaning towards things like what like hot toys and and ryan brings up another great point about to display something you gotta just dis- you gotta display a hot toy right um but and... the funny thing with hot toys is people th- I, w- I was the same i thought that i thought you know what i'm just gonna have one more glass cabinets one hot toy in each on each shelf it doesn't happen man you buy one you buy another and then it becomes exactly the same as your six inch ones where like i've got like three or four on one shelf i'm trying to buy a house that has a big room just so i can have more glass cabinets to have more hot toys and now hot toys are just like rolling out so quickly that you know you you see and you're like i've got to have that like you know they drop this uh you know they'll drop like a new spidey they'll drop a cad bane and now i'm just pressing that pre-order button and it becomes... <laughs> payment plan payment plan, payment plan. <laughs> yeah and it's like what do i do with the other ones like you know do do i do i sell those do i move on and it's exactly the same on same kind of situation with the small scale the thing with the small scale is just the fact that you don't need all of that space um mm. But I don't know. I feel like the same thing kind of happens with with collectors. It's very hard to only have twenty hot toys because new stuff keeps coming out, and mm-hmm. you know you you kind of you kind of get sucked into it all. I think. Well, and, it, sorry, go ahead, Carlos. Well, I was going to say like that's exactly where I was until uh, between Uncle Tim and Uncle Todd. Like that's where I got screwed because I bought. I collected action figures off and on and in the package right up to kind of Batman begins. And I was like, ah, you know what? I don't love these things. And so I would just do statues and hot toys. 
and then yeah it was when i hooked up with these guys and just like the the fig hunting and there was like some fun to be had and just you know i thought ah you know what i'll play around with this mcfarland figure line little did i know that he's dropping waves like every every two weeks every two weeks just because this because they're cheap they're cheap here as well i mean you're paying like half the price uh or more than than a legends and like you know i have that shelf up there with all those mcfarlands and i just i'm like where do i put these things i'm like how many batman are there like, <laughs> like i'm oh, learning about new batman that i've never even read before because of mcfarland <laughs> and i'm having to like i'm having to read the books just so i can buy the figure yeah no it's it's cool like it's fun <laughs> and it's cheap but it's just like holy smokes man like there's only, <laughs> yeah there's only so much shelf space but uh yeah, it's uh it's an interesting interesting well, quote unquote problem. Yeah, and like and that's that's where I want to kind of bring this around to because you know we here in the nerd room, I mean, it's you know this is a discussion we want to have because I think it's at the tip of everyone's mind, at the tip of the tongue there. You know, you see something, it's it's like that price shock, right? Like I said before, it's like the first thing I look at isn't the figure, it's the price tag underneath it. And but the, the cool thing about all of this that's happening right now is that yes, things are getting more expensive. But we're also living in a space where we have accessibility to action figures at really any scale, at any detailing, almost at our fingertips. Yeah, some of the hot toys, you have to wait a little while. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to get a Moon Knight Marvel Legend. But at the end of the day, we have the ability to, one, pick a lane, two, step back a little bit like I've done. Like I've, I've pulled the rug right out from my six inch collecting and said, no, you know, the retro stuff makes me happy for right now. So I'm going to bin this stuff up for now and just take a break. You can pivot to statues. You can pivot to hot toys. You don't have to get everything right now because I can tell you with the utmost of confidence, some things will be more expensive, but stuff is generally accessible. You can still buy a vintage Star Wars action figure that came out in 1978. You can still buy those if you really want. If you have some of the money and you want to invest in some of that stuff, you can do it. And so that is kind of the cool thing about collecting. And that, you know, as much as there is the the discussion and, and that at times the disappointment with what we're seeing right now, there is the you can go do something else. You can collect something else. You can scratch that itch, if you will with another piece and that's kind of the the mentality that i've taken is a huge six month break from everything and then trying to figure out what it is i love because the point of all of this of this toy talk and discussion and trading stories online and sharing it with each other is to have freaking fun like i i still as much as these prices are killer i still love the hunt i still love going out there and finding toys and and experience things and like showing off the ridiculous crap that I've bought on Facebook marketplace. Like that is it, man. Like, like at the end of the day, you know, the question is, is modern expensing too expensive is modern collecting. I should say too expensive. If you're a completist and if you're trying to buy everything and if you're trying to soak in every single Batman that's ever been produced. Yeah, probably yes is the answer, Mm -hmm. but you can pick a lane. You can pick your favorite stuff. You can pick your statue, your hot toy, whatever. You don't need everything, and so and, getting and out the there on the hunt is, can, is the fun part. Yeah, and the thing is that you can, you can, like, I mean, you were talking about picking up the vintage stuff and you know searching for stuff like that, but like you can, like, the way I see it these days is I'll pay a certain amount of money for something, and I think it's a bit more expensive, but I know that I can always sell it. 
and you know there's so many ways of selling stuff these days like we have really cool apps here like this one called mercari and you know you got ebay and you mm. got yahoo auctions and stuff and if you're not looking to make like a profit on things and even if you're okay making a small loss even a small loss like you can really easily just you know ship stuff off and get stuff sold and then you can start again and start a new line that's yeah, what man. i like about like stuff like the mafix you know the mafix stuff they do do reissues but you'll always be able to you know pass that on to another collector who really wants it for the same mm -hmm. price that you bought it for um so i never see as so much me spending too much money because a lot of it is can be seen as an investment you know a lot of these you know even the marvel legends especially with the hot toys you know they they actually increase in price if you want to make a bit of money you can sell them or if not you know you can help a collector out and and sell it for the same price that you bought it for and then start again and, and take another another avenue take another route route so you know i always enjoyed i'm I'm not at the stage at the moment where i'm kind of complaining about prices that i'm paying because i always see it as i can always start again i can always pass it on so yeah i enjoy it too i like this dave i've been turning my funkos into hot toys and i've been turning my funkos into vintage action figures <laughs> i've sold almost <laughs> all of my funkos and like some for a tidy profit I can tell you oh, there's uh there's there's a market out there for for Funko Pops and one of the things too I just shout out it's it's funny uh Ryan Dolly just you know taking a break slowing down and heading back to the vintage you know he's fallen down a similar rabbit hole and like that's what's cool about this stuff right and like you're saying Ian just to kind of echo what you just said there like we you can flip stuff around and night force ninjas stuff. wait we need to stop right there night force ninjas <laughs> I think Ryan Dole is like my favorite guy <laughs> man that makes my heart sing you and i are really? the only two people maybe in canada that know what night force ninjas are but brother you're singing my song <laughs> i love it i love it oh man no so let's let's wrap it up there guys look like there, there there's always this debate's gonna be had but at the end of the day it comes down to you know do what makes you happy love i always like to say love what you love and enjoy that soak it in is this meant to be a pastime, a hobby, something that makes you happy? You know, things are going to be expensive. The Haslabs are going to be expensive. Marvel Legends, Black Series are going to be expensive. But, you know, there, there's, there's ways to get around some of this stuff. I buy a lot of my Marvel Legends and Black Series secondhand, open, um, because I, I buy them at a box. Sometimes I'm, I don't know where this guy gets them. Maybe they fall off a truck. I have no idea. But at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's all about what makes you happy. So, gentlemen, let, let's wrap this one up. Ian. Closing closing words here on this discussion, and uh, and then also shout out your handles and that. What are you doing in the in the space here? Uh, yeah, I guess closing words. Yeah, like you said, just love what you love. Like I think sometimes you you turn these kind of things into they into a chore, and you, you shouldn't really be that way. You, as you said, you don't need to have everything. And I think I've learned that. You know, I tried to be a completionist with the Black Series, and mm -hmm. I kind of got hurt when they started to make stuff exclusives. And, you know, it really kind of puts a downer on, on the collecting game. So I think I, I kind of learned that you don't have to have all of the figures, you know, you, you can, you don't have to have all of the toys. You don't have to have all of the line, um, get what you can get, enjoy what you can get. And, and yeah, don't, don't make it into a, into a job trying to get hold of this, this stuff. So yeah, uh, for me, I guess to, you can find me on Twitter. Yeah. At, Tokyo Joey also on um, Instagram. I think that's the same same handle. So yeah, I sometimes post photos on there. Uh, but yeah, most importantly, the the Nerd Room YouTube. I try to make videos as much as as I can, as often as I can. So 
if everybody could, of course, like and subscribe, it really helps out. And mm -hmm. yeah, it helps us kind of make more and try and uh, expand that YouTube channel. Yeah, exactly. Ryan did confirm for you, Carlos, as he send, uh, sent us off here that you are the only two that know what you two are talking about. And I can confirm that. <laughs> yeah, I, I got my iPad. I need yeah, an I'm education at some point. <laughs> What's he talking about? <laughs> so Carlos, send us off here. Yeah, for me, you know, the the back half of the chat was a lot of love what you love. And I love all you guys in the chat that joined us tonight. And I really love my big ass prime one Batman. So you know where to find me here on the nerd room and uh, on the socials at Canadian Cape Crusader. And yeah, thanks everybody for joining us. Thanks everybody who watch the stream after the fact or listen to this in its podcast form and you know hopefully that enticed you to go seek out the youtube channel if that's how you're listening to this but uh yeah you know what uh chris we we might very well do uh an armory tour on the on the next one so we'll get there one day but he, he, my wife always says i've never seen carlos and batman in the same room together so i don't know if that's a thing or uh or what, but I don't know. There's the vigilante that runs around here in Alberta trying to solve all the, the crimes and problems. But yes, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. It's been a lot of fun getting back to the live stream. It's been a while since we've done one of these. We appreciate everyone that's in the comments, everyone that's been contributing to the conversation, both here and afterwards. Thank you guys very much. I should drop one of my AirPods out there. A professional at at, uh, at work here. But you can find me at the NerdRM on Twitter. That's where I spend most of my time. And uh, yeah, YouTube, give this give this channel a like. We're, we're going to continue to push forward here as we've stabilized in our lives a little bit here and uh we're going to uh try to continue to grow this doing these toy streams and more videos and collection tours all these type of things and so we're having lots of fun with this uh loving what we love and uh and sharing that with you guys and we want you to do the same um and so until next time i guess you'll catch us in the podcast feed next week and then a live stream within a couple weeks here so we're doing these once a month toy stream live um hope you guys have enjoyed and we will chat to you very, very soon. So we'll talk to you guys later. See ya. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.